Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 319. And away. We go. Thank you, Shane, for that beautiful introduction. Yes, welcome to the 7th Annual Putty Awards. Like Shane just said, I am your host at Mugger Putty. Joined, as always, Mr. Marcus Davenport. Sean Marcus, uh, thanks for dressing up tonight. Well, I mean, I had an audition where it didn't require me to dress up right before this, so uh, the audition comes first. Sorry, Putty. I'll take two seconds to put on a jacket on like I did, but whatever. We are recording the show January 6th, an ominous date. <laughs> Quite ominous, yeah. Me and Marcus, before we get started the show, often talk a lot about wrestling on the show, obviously. But we throw in some football here and there, <laughs> if you're a loyal listener. January 6th, if you're a man of faith, a man of science, whatever you believe in, um, DeMar broke up today. DeMar's awake. That scary incident on Monday Night Football. Uh, De- DeMar Hamlin, yes, I man. Keep, I can never get his last name right. I think it's the other guy. DeMar's awake. No breathing tube. Uh, God bless, man. Prayers worked. Science works. That's a story I've been following all week, like most of the country. Jesus Christ, dude. It, it, kudos to the medical staff uh, and, um, and all the medical personnel that were there on the sidelines from the Bills and the Bengals uh, to help revive him. Uh, they were administering CPR for nine minutes, yeah. dude. With with, the, you know what struck that, me the most? The paddles. The, the right. regulators. You, you know what struck me the most, man? Like, I have become such a sap now that I'm a parent. When they said the, uh, his mom. Yep was in the stands watching this. My heart broke. My heart absolutely broke because I was just viewing it all through her eyes uh, as a parent. And uh, I was just thinking of my daughter. Yeah, it, it, it was an emotional moment, man. It's just to see you know all the players and how they were feeling. Uh, you, you see the broadcasters. You, you hear Joe Buck actually showing emotion. Yeah, <laughs> uh, That's when you know it's real. It, it was a lot to take in, man. Like, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. I, I, I remember during one of the commercial breaks, I went to uh, my wife in the, in the bedroom. She, she was just, you know, she's not a football fan, so she was doing her own thing. I, she's like, what's wrong? I said, I think I just saw someone die. Oof. And she's like, what do you mean? So I, I told her someone, I said, she felt like she had to come out. She was shooken up based on what she was seeing. It, it Were was, you watching uh, it live? It was a, yeah, I mean, dude, it was a big game. Like, huge. I, it was a, it was a fantasy championship. Yep. It, it, I had money on the game. Like, you know, I, I was tuning in, and then this happened. And you know, of course, you you forget about all of that when you <laughs> see when you see what's going on. Like, I actually saw like initially when they were calling uh, the commentators saying like possible like head injuries. Like, that's not a head injury. Like, I saw him clutch his chest and go down. I'm like, that's 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 a heart. That's the heart right there. And uh, unfortunately, I was right about that. So weird. So weird 
seeing an ESPN reporter standing outside of a hospital. Yeah, right? So they're outside arenas, training facilities, but now a fucking hospital talking about life and death situation. It's very scary. But uh, anyways, we're celebrating tonight year-end awards, celebrating the year that was 2022. So uh, cheers. Some good news. Start off the show. Cheers, cheers, my man. I'm actually drinking this time, so you know it's a good occasion. Marcus, how were your holidays? The baby's first good, one? Dude. Santa Claus baby's come? baby's first one. Santa Claus came, and uh, Santa Claus delivered quite a bit for my daughter, which is awesome. Uh, you know, of course, she's too young to understand what's going on. I, I actually can't wait for her when she gets a little bit older, when she does know what's going on and can appreciate it more. But, yeah, man, it, it was cool to see the, you know, the families who are just eating it all up, just giving all the love to my daughter. Uh, Putty, you gave her her first gift, and I thought Damn that right. was awesome, man. That was, that was so cool. Damn right. Baby's first Batman book, whatever the title is called. I think that's, I think that's the title. A memory she'll never remember. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but I will. Thank you. And so will my wife. You've really come through with some really nice, thoughtful gifts for her, man. I, I have to say. Thank you. You're the best. Hey. It it, it it touches us, man. I have to say, how was your how was your holidays, man? Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. Loved it every second second of it. Ate it up. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. New Year's wasn't too exciting. Had to stay home because we we had to wake up early for BCW's Welcome to the New Year. That's right. We missed two BCW shows in between our hiatus: Christmas with a Vengeance and uh, Welcome to the New Year. BCW starting to show off year off hot. Good shows, man. Good shows. Yeah, man, like it was almost back to back, quick turnarounds for both shows. We were lucky enough to be on commentator. Putty, you officially got your first paycheck. Right. Officially, a, officially in, a wrestling, wrestling commentator. Thank you. Look at that. Oh, thank you. Yes. See, I told you, you, you love that stuff, right? You love it. Uh, no, not really, not really. So, unfortunately, Cheyenne Ortiz, uh, he he couldn't be there covering uh, Christmas. Not Christmas is adventure. It's uh, Welcome to the Near. So, Putty, you stepped up. Doing the play-by-play. Play by play. Play. Haven't done it in, since I, March seventh, two thousand twenty. No one's no one's keeping track here. I am for you, I guess. Very rusty. <laughs> Very rusty. Oh, dude, not I easy thought, to I do. You did great. No, I, I did not. Great, it, not easy to do. It's so much easier doing commentary because just play-by-play, play, um, com- color commentary. You add your little notes and stuff. Right. Um, for the right. first time in two and a half years, I felt like I did okay. I'll get another opportunity, January 29th at Queen of the North. Queen of the North four. What's up? I gotta find a, a suit to wear now. Yeah, that's become your thing, dude. You're gonna become broke. I gotta find a new suit. Mm. Like, mm. Maybe like a blue one or like a winter one. Maybe just, maybe just fucking go as Elsa. But who knows? There you go. You gotta get creative. That's what you gotta do. But it looks like I'll be joining you in commentary for Queen of the North Four. I'll continue my scouting from the commentary booth. I'm excited for it, man. Um, dude, it's one of my favorite shows of the year. Personally, Queen of the North. And Look already, at- dude, we have we have a hot card coming out here. We have Notorious Mimi making her debut against Emily J, also making her debut. Uh, that match, I mean, a lot of people are talking about that already. Already tickets are sailing based on that match alone. And just announced today, Christina Marie versus Jada Stone. So, like, Christina Marie's been on a tear, dude. But Jada Stone, recently on AEW, recently on Impact, you know, doing her thing. Young girl who's making a name for herself already. Christina Marie, I, I feel like she's getting better each and every single time she steps foot in that ring. And the confidence level, man, like when she faced Darius Carter, I, I, I swear to God, she went to a different stratosphere in my eyes. And I think a lot of people's eyes. Absolutely. That match was a coming out party for her. My eyes. I didn't know much about her. I've seen her a couple times at BCW, but that match, whew, amazing. 
she brought the heat from like from the promo she cut right before the match to coming in. Like I don't even think the bell rang yet officially. She just went at him. Yep. BCW's Queen of the North, January 29th, the day after Royal Rumble. Tickets available now online. Anyway, Marcus, we are here for fun, celebrating the year that was 2022, like I said. But before we get to the awards, there was a, a minor news story that broke. <laughs> I'm well, assuming it was trending. Oh. Maybe one or two people is. are talking about it. Heat us up with what happened. Well, just to be completely transparent with our audience... Originally, we weren't going to do this. Originally, we weren't going to do the normal show, like, you know, what's trending and all that. Originally, we're just going to strictly focus on the awards. Our favorite part, one of our favorite shows here in Shot of Wrestling is just, you know, covering the year of what was 2022. But I said to Michael J. Putty, we're going to just do the awards show unless something major happens. I think it was Wednesday or something like that. Yeah. Right. Well... Luck we have it for us. Something major did happen. Denise Hollywood Salcedo at Denise Salcedo. Lots in here. Da, 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 da. WWE majority owner and former chief executive Vince McMahon plans to return to the company to pursue a sale of the business, according to people familiar with the matter. And she has a tweet of the article of the Wall Street Journal. More to this tweet. She's got a little bit of a thread going on here, so keep Keep going. Uh, keep keep with us here. Sorry. Uh, the 77 year old sent a letter to WWE's board in late December detailing his desire to return to the company. The board responded last month in a letter to Mr. McMahon that was prepared to initiate a review process and would welcome working with him on it. Vince McMahon update. There is a little bit more here, guys. Last one, I promise. Vince McMahon has communicated to the board that unless he has direct involvement as executive chairman from the outset of a strategic review, he won't support or approve any media rights deal or sale, the people said. That's the Wall Street Journal. Major, major news here. Putty, I know you're a Vince McMahon guy. We have to talk about this. What does this mean for the future of WWE? That was a shirt I was going to wear, the Vince McMahon shirt. Damn. Welcome back. Are you yeah. happy about this? Welcome back, buddy. He should have fucking gone in the first place. Bullshit fucking oh, charges. Stop. Hush money for something that consensual affairs. Oh, not, anyway. not necessarily, though, but that was through the company, though. That was through the company. Apparently, there's more. There's supposedly more damning details about this, but he says, I don't give a fuck. Uh, there were like people within the company were worried about him coming back because apparently there's more reports yet to come. Uh, and Vince McMahon clearly doesn't care. He He's on a power trip, man. And he's coming back solely to sell the company? What? No. no. That's been that's been uh, exasperated. Have you read his letter? Did you read the transcripts of the meeting today? I have not had a chance to, so go on with that, please. Vince is coming back. He's a majority shareholder, which is fine. He's not coming back to take over creative. He's not replacing Stephanie. He's not replacing Triple no, H. Stop. Stop. You, you believe just, this? Yeah. I mean, we never thought he was going to go oh, away you, in the first place. You trust Vince McMahon, what he says? That's cute. Yeah, I do. Dude, come he's, on. He's never lied to me. <laughs> I had a little smug look in your face there. He lies. He lies all the time, buddy. So This is just the beginning stages. As, as a media company, if you're looking for media rights, you're going to deal with the board directors or you rather deal with the guy who owns the fucking company. That was kind of the, that, point, that was the dummy version of what his letter was saying. 
Um, he's done meteorites for his entire career. We wouldn't be watching wrestling today if it wasn't for him. So he knows what the fuck he's doing when it comes to that angle. As long as he stays in his lane, we're fine. And it seems like he is. It seems like he is. It's one day. Yeah. It's one day. Oh, it seems like he is. I, I got to trust it. It hasn't even been a full 24 hours no, yet. Not, not yet. Like, so you think he's going to fuck like, over his like, son-in-law? His daughter? Absolutely. No, you're, absolutely. you're, you're egregious. This, this, this is succession. This is the no. show succession now, we're watching now you're just, right now you're just being glib. No, I'm you're, you're being, I'm being you're, real. You're being diluted by a, an alternate fake TV show. Okay. This is real. This is real life, dude. Yeah. He's Donald Trump. Like, yeah, you, you, you're gonna He's also a smart man. He's also a smart man. Money fucking talks. The, the show is super successful, bringing major money. I feel like he was a smart man. I feel like he's letting his ego get the best of him. I feel like his finger is not on the pulse. Vince McMahon has a god complex. That's why he's not doing Vince creative. Vince McMahon, he's, he's a billionaire who feels like he is untouchable. Especially the, the the fact that you know he's he's walking away from this investigation just fine as of right now, like he is in God mode. So of course he's going to feel like coming back. It's going to be no big deal. Of course he's going back, and of course Wall Street responded to him by getting one of this. Listen, either give the company up or just never leave. Like it, 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 him coming back is showing that he has no trust in Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan to lead this company in the right direction because one of the things you have to do as CEO, as head of the company, is have these negotiations, have these hard negotiations with media rights. And guess what? Media is very different than when it used to be, Vince McMahon. So, like, does he really know what's going on in today's world? What the what uh, what the way of the future, what the trends are going to be? Or is he stuck in the old days? Because even the NFL right now is slowly evolving to, say, Amazon. They even had negotiations with Apple and Google. Hey, going to YouTube now with with, uh, with NFL Red Zone. You know, like, cable's not necessarily Sunny a thing. thing anymore. And, and so is Vince McMahon just stuck in those old times? I'm curious to see how he negotiates these media rights. I'm very curious. Looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. He did a great job with Peacock. It's been super successful. Numbers going through the roof for Peacock subscribers. And what else is on Peacock? I just don't know why you're so... Again, why are you so negative? Stephanie, Nick Khan are in charge. Triple H is still in charge of creative. I understand what but you want were, to say. They were, doing, they were doing more than fine. Yeah, and they're why going to continue doing back? more than fine. He's not coming back to the company. He's coming back to the board of directors. Because we all know Vince is going to fucking sit down, poolside, pulling his fucking thumbs. He's a workaholic. Nick Khan comes from an entertainment media. He's had media negotiations before in the past. He comes from that world. He's not the majority like, shareholder. About? He's not the majority owner of the company. As Apple's he's, an owner. He's, he's co-CEO, is he not? Yeah, the, co-CEO. Like, he's, he has that title, whether you want to. Yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, what are you choosing to believe, buddy? You believe every single word that Vince McMahon says, but like. Why are you so hate co Why do you hate Vince McMahon so much? Well, I, I Why are you so move. negative? Why is, the, I, gla- I hate, the, I hate, the glass I hate, ain't even I half hate, empty. It's fucking completely empty. I hate them. I hate the move. And like, like you said, it's not even 24 hours yet. Give him fucking time. He's he's threatening. I don't know what's going to happen. Coming back to <clears throat> okay. Sorry so the that. whole selling. You think the whole selling of the company is bullshit? Like when there's smoke, there's fire. And I'm not saying it's bullshit. Else, I'm just saying there, there, it could be there. It's been rumored before he even fucking left, though. So let's see what the fuck happens. I'm not. I'm not saying they're selling today. I'm not saying they're selling next year. But if you're going to sell the company, you need the fucking it, owner it, of the company in these. There's already talks of like other companies that are interested in buying the company, though. Like, yeah, you know, like, fine. You know, one of which Saudi Arabia. Though. But that's not new which, conversation. It's not a new conversation. It's been conversation for like over almost two years now. 
But now it's become more of a reality, buddy. That's, That's what fine. We're talking about. Okay. It's become more of a reality. So, okay. like, you know, we have to talk about this. That's this, fine. This I, I have no problem deal. talking about it. But the this, fact that he's coming this, back as a, on the board of directors, he's not CEO, he's not charge of creative. Let let Stephanie and Triple H do their thing. Let, let Vince do his fucking thing. It, why is it such a negative move? Why is it a negative move? Because this has the impact of all of wrestling. Forget WWE for a second. Whatever happens WWE next has a trickle-down effect to all of wrestling, including us in the indies. Like it, it, it does matter, buddy. What what Vince McMahon decides? Yeah, to it do does. Next it does matter. Is but why is so fucking is, negative? Is he, is he is he going to sell it to the to the highest bidder, which could be Saudi Arabia, which they have a very hard time having good relationships with any United States uh uh media rights? They do. If you look at the, at the record there, of course they do. Like, how would Arabia. that affect things? We'll what? find out. If I don't think he's going to sell to Saudi Arabia, come on. Vince McMahon is looking to get that bag. Of course bro. he is. Like. You know, like, or he might not be. Do. And, He's not definitely selling. Saudi, Saudi Saudi Arabia would. They got money, dude. Hey, they just got Ronaldo. <laughs> did they? I mean, like, they did. Oh shit! No. They, I mean, they they have a shitload of money to just throw at them. Of course they do. You know, like, so, so I I'm not surprised here that they're going to be a major player. This man coming back, this. I was fucking against it because I, I like what Triple H is doing. Everybody does. But he's not coming back. He's not replacing Triple H. He's not going to come back as head of creative. He's not going to be the buck stops of Vince McMahon. He's on the board of directors. The company is still running by how it's been run for, since July. I'm not going to shit on this just yet until I Do see you what happens. Do you trust the drug dealer too? What? Do you trust the drug dealer? You trust the drug dealer what is, too. What, then, what, guess, is right? the, what is the fucking correlation? That's an asinine, when, when that's, that's an asinine when, comparison. When, when a stripper says, I love you, you believe her? Like that one time, yes. I, I, but I, <laughs> I, I just need to know because. But what? Like, what the, what's the core? I don't understand the comparisons. Vince McMahon is not a man of his word. He's a he's a billionaire for a reason. He didn't get there by honesty. Okay. You know, so like, I I refuse to sit here and believe every single word that comes out of, comes out of his mouth, saying like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to leave them the way it is. I think honestly, what's the difference between from, being on the board of directors and him fucking being retired, still talking Triple H nonstop? The way he's he's away from it, he's Is completely he? away from it. Everyone's he's, saying for the last six months he's oh he's not away. He still have a he still has his finger on the pulse. He still has his hand in the company cookie jar. I'm I'm sure I'm sure Vince, especially during the holidays, I'm sure Vince probably had a thing or two to say. And you know at that point Triple H could take it or leave it. Same with Stephanie, same with Nick. But now that you know Vince McMahon's officially back, it was a it was today was a coup. Let's let's call it what it was. Today was a coup on January sixth. Part de, but this time in, a, in an executive level, that's, that's when WW, when Vince McMahon came in there with with two of his uh, people in the board and knocking out people that were part of the investigation, it, you know he he just it was a takeover, it was an absolute takeover, and I I, I think everyone is on a short leash. I think everyone no. is so, so now, because, negative, because now Christ. because because now Ooh, they have to hug. listen to who a man uh, on the board of directors not, yeah for, for the CEO daughter, of the I'll fucking company. Jesus Christ! Stop, stop being so fucking negative about this. He's, a, he's on the board of directors. He's probably should never left in the first place. If you want to resign as CEO, fine. I, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Of course you do. If you want to resign as CEO, fine. Let the investigation run. You still need to be on the fucking board of directors. Be on the fucking board of directors. They have no fucking influence on the company. I work at a company as a board of directors. They don't have any influence on the day to day activity of my fucking company. You're not a CEO. <laughs> you know. No, I mean, like, listen you, to the CEO. The CEO fucking does the job. They're told to do. The board directors just sit well, well, a bunch of well, old I, people well, reflecting a fucking paycheck who do fucking absolutely nothing. Vince McMahon, you listen. You give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. This is this I is understand a huge that right here. They say, but and, I don't like, think he's going to fuck this, over his daughter and son-in-law, especially with how successful they've been. Do you not see what he did with his own son? 
<laughs> like, what are we talking about? Someone's buddy? being a fucking. Someone's being an asshole. He won the business for himself. It is, it is a, that that's the image that was painted. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And like, what images are going to paint of Triple H? What images are going to paint of? You honestly, what images okay. are going to paint of Nick? Conversation. Like, you know, conversation is over. Business, conversation. This conversation is over. You're totally asinine. Business. Yeah, what conversation? Let's triple H. Let's paint a picture this, of Triple H. This is bringing not back a people who were successful. Family, buddy. Bringing back people who family. weren't supposed to be released in the first place. Ratings are big. Revenues up. Oh, but he still he doesn't know what he's doing. He's an asshole. What picture are we going to paint Triple H? How successful he's been? Glass half, glass fully empty with you. Jesus Christ! I'm calling it the way it is. No, you're not. You're fucking being mirrored glasses here. So you think like, you know? It's just all family and all nice and all. It's a nice family business, you know. Like, listen, man, this is not a normal family. All right, we're, we're talking about billions and billions of dollars here. It makes listen. I just had a conversation with my business partner recently, who was talking about how cutthroat his family is right now because they're in a family business that takes in millions of dollars. Right? He's got bad blood in his family because of this shit. There's no bad blood in this, about, this family. We're talking, we're talking about we're talking about billions. Dude, come on. I work for I work for my company has a fucking huge bad blood in their fucking family because they're a bunch of pieces of shit greedy assholes. Triple H and Stephanie are not that. They're doing they're doing an A plus job in their fuck grade. They in their are jobs. doing an A plus job. They are doing an A plus. This job. is not going to fuck with that. that aspect. They're lining his fucking pockets with money. Welcome back. So, it, so is it a coincidence that once Vince left, they just undid everything that Vince did? No, because he was like in charge of creative. Spot? Creative. He had. We agree. He wasn't in the best. Pulse on creative wise, oh, no, letting no, no. go of these people. Creative, even, like hiring people back is a business decision as well. Which Triple H has full authority on, and Vince McMahon will not interfere with that. We'll see. We will. I see. don't believe it. Okay, I don't, you don't believe it. You're at fucking all. so negative because I'm not kissing Vince McMahon's ass. Like, I'm not sitting here thinking Vince McMahon's going to listen to this and, and hire me. Like, that, that that ship has sailed a long time ago. Uh, clearly, like, I, I, I'm keeping it real. Okay, like, no, you're not. I, I no, you're not keeping it real. I, I don't necessarily know if like you, you think Vince McMahon's going to hire you or not based on like you know kissing his ass. You think I'm not fucking like, stupid? I, you think I'm not fucking no, stupid? I'm, I'm no, joking. Of course not. Of course, but like, but I'm just saying, I'm not going to be so I, fucking shit on the man. Or you, you, who's coming you, back? So, if he, if he so came back loyal. as creative, I'm um, taking my company back. He's not. He's going on the fucking board directors with a bunch of old fucking people to like a fucking paycheck once a month. All right. Well, this is getting heated. Let's 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 take a break here. Let, let's calm down. Yeah. Let's have a, have a, let's have a drink. Uh, in I'm the meantime, done with mine. I do I do have an interview <laughs> uh, with Nevaeh Chantel. She is uh, the immaculate threat, and let's learn a little bit more about her and her upcoming match at Queen of the North Four. All right, here we go. First interview of the new year, 2023. We're going to kick things off with someone. That I've known from my days in BWF when I first did commentating over there. Now she's in BCW. She's making waves. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up to the Immaculate Threat, Nevaeh Chantel. Hi, how are you? Good, good, good. Happy New Year. Happy How's New Year to you. Doing? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this, though. So, as I mentioned, you know, uh, I've worked with you at BWF. I, I believe that there was like, was that your first year in wrestling? Yes. And since then, you've gone to the Fallout Shelter to, uh, for training uh, under Mike Law, Masha Slamovich, a lot of great trainers over there. Now you're in BCW. So, I know you pretty well. But yeah, I feel like I don't at the same time. It's funny. Uh, and I feel like Shot of Wrestling, you're the fans. They may not know you as well either. The Macula Threat. Why don't, you, why don't you tell us about that? You know, 
who is Immaculate Threat? What should they know about Nevaeh Chantel going to 2023? So starting off, I got into wrestling. I was in a very conflicted time in my life. Graduated college, didn't know my next step. Nothing was, I had no real passion for anything. So I had a reflection of my life. And I know the only thing that I've ever had a constant love for is professional wrestling. But I always held myself back because I'm like, I'm too dark. I don't look like the girls on TV. I'm too big. And I had, um, I don't want to say it's religious coming together, but I said, God, if you ever want me to do something, please send me a sign. And I happened to see a tweet um, at the time that the Monster Factory posted about making a monster. It was like um, they were having like free training for people, for prospective trainings. And I said, but can I really do this? I always thought my, I was too big or my size was going to get in the way. But I said, I always see myself to try. And from the first moment I stepped into a wrestling ring, something in my heart says, I belong here. Um, I've always dealt growing up with um, insecurities, self-doubts, low self-esteem, coming from bullying, family problems. And throughout the years, wrestling has built me up. It's helped me become not only, it helped me become a better woman. I was never this girly. I didn't, I didn't wear makeup. I didn't, um, the pictures you see on, of me on the internet, that's not, that wasn't me before because I never felt like, I felt like I'm 200 plus pounds. I'm dark. I like, I'm not the standard of beauty. I'm not definitely not in wrestling either because there's an aesthetic that most wrestling fans, especially when I was growing up, that a woman wrestler needed to have. You know, I was just a girl who fell in love with the story of two wrestlers in the ring and my emotions was connected into a match. Throughout my first year in wrestling, I still dealt with those insecurities and I created created a facade for myself that from my shoot personality, and I think the immaculate threat came from, listen, when you're in the wrestling ring, this is your sanctuary. This is your new identity. This is your protection. So I think what I want the fans to know about Nevaeh Chantel is when you see me in the ring, you're seeing a person who grew up loving wrestling, who wants to become an idol, not an idol, I shouldn't say an idol, a person that another young girl can look at and be like, she looks like me. I can do that. I love wrestling. This is what I, and I know it sounds so cheesy, but I just want, if I can make one young girl look at a black 200 plus pound girl in the ring and be like, you know what? I can do that. This is my dream too. And if I can ever inspire somebody to do that, I can never get signed. I can never make a million dollars in this business, but I, I can rest my head knowing I know, you know, I did something in the world. So Damn. that's what I want people. Yeah. I mean, that's no, I'm sorry. That, that's just amazing. It just hit home for me because like, you know, a person of color, you know, representation matters so much, yeah. you know, because we're so used to in, in any form of entertainment. We're always seeing like, you know, the typical white, you know, cis male or cis female. And, and like, you know, for for other people, it, that, that's not the that's not the whole world, right? That's not a representation of the whole world. The, you know, there's many different people, whether you're black, Latino, gay, straight, trans. Like, you know, like seeing that on screen, 
matters. Yes. And of all shapes and forms of sizes too. Like, you know, it's to see like, you know, especially as a young kid who's impressionable to see someone like looks like me out there living their dream would give any kid hope. So that's a beautiful message. Yeah. Like growing up, I was a teenager about time, like Austin Kong was debuting for TNA. I had jazz and Jack. I did have representation, but, you know, also you were pushed with Trish Stratus, who I admire just as much, but you had that standard of beauty being pushed more or Tori Wilson, blonde hair, you know, big breath. Like that was the standard. That was what was going to get you to be successful. And I just want in the years to come in my own career, I can tell a girl that looks like me, look, you can admire those girls, but a girl who looks like you, you we can we can do it just as much as they can. Absolutely. And we can be successful. The first couple of years, I, I did feel the pressure of wrestling and it used to bother me because I, I, my old trainer would push the conventional beauty. You know what mm. I'm saying? So it was a deterrent, but you know, I switched camps now i'm refocused and i'm just ready to really show the world what i can do the real nevea Chantel is coming this year and i'm excited about that that's amazing and, and i'm glad to see and i'm glad that you got so personal and real here uh talking about that i think that's so important uh to understand anybody's reason why and i think your your reason why is absolutely incredible and admirable but shifting gears now to bcw now I've seen growth with you again. First saw you first year in BWF to now uh, the fall shelter. Tremendous, tremendous place for training. Uh, I can't state enough, but you know, the trainers that they have there. Uh, talk to me about that. I mean, talk to me about the trainers that you've had fall shelter and how it's prepared you for now. Uh, you know, cause you've, you've been in some pretty big matches in BCW. You, you started with the queen of the monsters match. I believe that was uh queen of the North three. Uh, yes. And then also you were in the Grand Dragon Tournament facing off Darius Carter in round one, which is uh, no easy task whatsoever. So so talk yeah. to me about that. What I like about Fallout Shelter is basically that the training has incorporated all types of styles of wrestling. I've learned different ways of doing things, not feeling hindered by size like I felt like I was at my previous school. And just psychology, learning how to work, making thing, making strategy in the ring makes sense and conveying stories that that means a lot to me because growing up in wrestling a story is what always connected me moves are nice but if i can learn how to tell a story that can make your fan invested then i did my job no absolutely i mean the stories it's never going to go out of style right you know you see People like Stone Cold, for example, The Rock, they weren't necessarily the best athletes in the ring, but they told an amazing story. And that's why they were so incredibly over. That's why they were the most well-known wrestlers in the history of wrestling, because their stories just impacted so many people. So, I mean, that's that's well said. Think about it. The greatest face heel swap happened in a match without a promo. And that was um, Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was completely told by wrestling. I wish we, I want to bring that back though, because I feel like if a wrestler can tell that type of story without even saying we're like, of course, promos and talking is a, a intro, like an important part of wrestling, but 
I think right now independent wrestling can use more storytelling in the ring as well. What, That's just what, my personal opinion. What type of story would you like to see the Immaculate threaten? I want to tell a story, whether it's good or bad, that a woman can be just as violent, just as physical, can take and receive the same type of punishment as a man. That's why I'm a fan, a huge fan of intergender wrestling. And we can talk about the match. We can talk about the match I just had at BCW. Well, there, you just set it up for me. <laughs> just saying. Uh, just saying. So, yes, I mean, going into that, you, you did have a match with Darius Carter, the Grand Dragon Championship first round, a uh, Grand Dragon tournament, excuse me, first round in that tournament. And, I mean, you don't get more physical. You don't go against someone more dangerous and brutal than Darius Carter, man or female. Talk to me going to that matchup because, I mean, they literally did draw these names out of a hat. And, I mean, I, I, I could only imagine if, like, my name was drawn against Darius Carter first round. I'm like, ah, well, that sucks. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. So, I'm going to give you the real answer of how I felt. I said, oh, shit. <laughs> I did not see that. Of course, it's always a possibility, right? It was right. always a possibility. But you don't think. I'm planning matches with other people. I didn't think, I don't know why I didn't think it was a possibility, but I'm in my head when I'm thinking of the tournament here and the names being announced, like, oh, Christina Marie, that's a cool match. Lala, that's a cool match. Gangon, that's a cool, like, you think about it, and then you hear the last name is Darius Carter, and I'm like, oh, snap. And everyone, you know, I, I tried to play coy about it on the spaces, but everybody wanted to be in the finals, and everybody assumed in the finals you were facing Darius Carter. Right, right, it, it, which you did want to be the case. Darius Carter right. did make it to the finals. But, yeah, I mean, like, he's like the – who's the number one team right now in NFL? He's like the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, you just exactly. assume they're going to go to the Super Bowl, uh, right, because of, the, because of the brand and the name. Uh, just, they just associate it with it. But, like, you know, with you, I feel like – I feel like I was frustrated for you because it, I think people looked at you in that matchup, and it was just like an easy win for Darius. Right. How did that feel for you? It sucked. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was frustrated because I was going into the Grand Dragons tournament thinking, okay, I can, you know, rack up some wins, shock everybody. Of course, I knew Darius was always going to be an issue. But I I don't think I processed the idea of, like, I'll, I think I took Darius Carter, like, you know, if I get to the finals, I'll deal with him now. So when that first round came up, it it the, the honest action was like, okay, girl, shock the world or die trying because I knew I was going to get my ass beat, win, lose, or draw. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was getting no, no. my ass beat. Hey, listen, he didn't hold back there. He's got a chip in his shoulder now more than ever because of what happened with Marina Shafir last year, uh, losing the World Heavyweight Championship after an incredible reign. Amazing. Uh, amazing. So, I've been, on the other hand, of Darius Carter. You know, I, I've been involved with a match with him, uh, with uh, a client of mine back in the day, in a World Heavyweight Championship match. I know what it's like with Darius Carter. He is a man that, or a wrestler, I should say, that makes everyone around him up their game. He makes everyone around them better, even on commentary. What 
was the lesson that you felt like you've learned in that match? Because it, it, wrestling him is like a, it's like a masterclass, if you will, for wrestling. What what was the, the takeaway after that match? Two. One, I can hold my own. You know, I I think the main the main lesson I learned with Darius Carter was that I can hold my own. I don't think that in that match, yeah, he he beat me up, but I felt like I gave it back. Also, I learned that the outs, like and this is just a life lesson, because I got a lot of a lot a lot of crap backstage for that this match and the booking of this match. A lot of people, I got crap for it. Like people so? were looking at me side eyes, just hmm. as, like, what do she? Why did she get this match? And why did she think she deserved this match? And like I did something like like I did some nefarious action to get this match you know um and I think it's because it's the match that everybody want and I just want your viewers to know like when you have a blessing or a big opportunity I should say when you have an opportunity do not care about what anybody else has to say about your opportunity you seize it and you you just do the best you can because people are going to talk either way so when I had my match with Darius, a lot of people had comments. In the wrestling realm, of course, we're promote we're still promoting a show. And in a not in a locker room realm, people had a lot of side comments to say. But I had my opportunity. I learned so much. I learned how to work. I took every critique and criticism from Darius. And of course, I took that back to, to my training and I, of course, worked on the things that he told me to work on. I am so grateful for that match because I just gained a certain type of toughness also. I feel like I didn't have, I was always, like I said, in women's matches, I was always bigger. So I'm, I was able to bully my opponents. So to be on the other side of that just helped me, I, I won't say get more grit, but I think that taking that, like, just getting beat down and having to fight back, just what's the word I'm looking for? Help me gain like a resilient type of energy to me that I didn't Love have that. before. And of course, and like I said, like I can hold my my head high knowing that I was eliminated out of the tournament by the best wrestler in that tournament. My elimination, I might have got gone out in the first round, but it was Darius Carter who eliminated me. There's no shame in saying that. You know what I'm saying? The person who was champion 1,200 plus days eliminated me from the tournament. And it, I'm not going to get into all the other matches because that wasn't my business. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right. You, you can't get bitter about losing to one of the best to do it, uh, especially in BCW. Uh, speaking of tournaments, we have one coming up. Richfield Park, New Jersey, January 29th. BCW is coming back with Queen of the North 4, one of our favorite shows of the year. Uh, Nevaeh Chantel, you are in the tournament. Yes. Are you aware of your opponent in the first round yet? Announce it. Are you ready for it? Yes. I, I, I have it right here in front of me. Your opponent, round one, is Brittany Jade. How do you feel about this matchup coming up? How do you feel? I mean, again, I mean, the last time we saw you BCW was a tournament. Now you're coming into a tournament. I mean, what, what are your feelings here about this one? 
So, unfortunately for Brittany Jade, I'm coming in frustrated because I'm still zero and two at BCW. And I want my win. I want my first win. So, Brittany is nothing personal, but you just gonna have to catch this asshole. And I'm none, no offense to none of the other women in this tournament, but I'm walking out of Ridgeville Park, Queen of the North. I'm going to start my year off, 2023, putting my stamp as the 2023 Queen of the North because I'm ready to set these goals up because BCW for me is going to, I'm feeling, I'm feeling championship aspirations. Okay. For the future. And I think winning Queen of the North is just the right thing to start this off. Yeah, I mean, Queen of the North winners, I mean, they've gone on to do great things. The first one ever, Faye Jackson. Second one, Vanity. Both became BCW Women Champions. Danny Moe. Hell of a hell of a year she had. Yes. Coming into 2023 here uh, with a big time matchup here at Queen of the North. We're not going to announce that quite yet. But I think the fans could take a hint there what that matchup is going to be. So, Navish, I tell you, you are absolutely right. The winning Queen of the North is a big deal. Uh, it could have championship yes. uh, aspirations for you in the near future. Definitely. I, you know, I think, first off, I have a huge respect for the BCW Women's Champion, Ruthless Lala. So, if I can get in the ring with her sometime this year, I'm ready for it huge respect for her and also like just we're not gonna we can't you know we can't talk too much about the participants but there's definitely some women in this tournament that i can't wait to um wrestle and i think queen of north is always gonna be special. i made my debut last year at queen of north it's always gonna be special to me i came up short on queen of the monsters but remember what i did in that queen of the monsters match i got violent i started throwing trash cans and you know us with sticks and just start beating people up. You know what I mean? You're so, not afraid to get your hands I'm, dirty, so respect her or not. <laughs> exactly. So I'm coming in the Queen of the North. Okay, I might can't use a weapon this year. Nope. But I don't need to. Because to. you are the Immaculate the Threat. Immaculate Threat. <laughs> and and at the have. end of the night, we're going to say all hell, the Immaculate Threat, Queen mm. of the North. Boom. 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 Nevaeh, thank you for joining us here. You certainly uh, you certainly won me over. I am definitely going to be rooting for you at Queen of North 4. I will be there. I will continue scouting. I will be on commentary. So I will look forward to calling that matchup. Um, Nevaeh, in the meantime, where can they find you in social media? At Nevaeh Chantel, all platforms. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The Immaculate Threat, Nevaeh Chantel. Thank you for joining us. All right, man. So... There you have it. Nevea Chantel, man, making a claim to be the next Queen of the North. And she is right. Every Queen of the North has become a champion. Well, true. We'll see what happens with wow. Danny Bo. True. Wow. So, I didn't think about that. Heavy lies the crown, buddy. Heavy lies the crown. I'm excited for it, man. That, that, was, that, that was the most I've gotten to know her. And, I, and I'm glad she shared her story. You yeah, know? it was well done. Getting ready for uh, Welcome to the New Year. I watched interviews with. Ruthless Lala and O'Shea Edwards and helped me on commentary. So this definitely helped me on commentary too. So thank you, Tavea, for your time. Great job. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. 
All right. Oh, so- shit. My New, Year's, my New Year's resolution was give up drinking. That sucks. Anyway. <laughs> First week done. Damn. So moist January. Temper- moist. Tempers, uh, tempers flared before, but we're good now. Are we, we though? Know- you call me stupid. We're good. You call me fucking stupid. You know what's not stupid, you though? Your, it is our year-end awards. Seventh annual Putty Awards. Can't believe it's our seventh show. My favorite show of the year. As you can tell, because I dressed up. I had time to put a fucking jacket on. <sighs> I just, I literally just came out from me doing an audition. That's fine. So. That's fine. Whatever. How about we start off with the indie categories. Star of 2022. Marcus, the floor is yours. Well, funny enough... I just mentioned her name. I am giving that award to Danny Mo. Why? Really? Why? Why? You may ask. She has a hell of a fucking year, bro. Hell of a year. Starting off becoming the queen of the North winner BCW, right? She's made appearances in AEW. She's made appearances on Monday Night Raw. True. Facing Asuka and Bianca. I mean, like... And that was like the first of its kind too. Like I feel like an indie talent, as far as like them being called by their actual indie name, right? And actually getting some offense in there. She wasn't just like a typical jobber on Monday Night Raw, which was shocking to see. Uh, and then you know, dude, she's been on a tear from all different promotions all across and winning championships as well. Like you know, Danny Mo, she she had a banger year, man. Like my eyes are on her. I think she's going to even have a bigger, better twenty twenty three. I'm excited for her. Can't argue that pick. Great job. Good pick. Thank you, my friend. What about you? We picked 2022 Queen of the North, but we've been doing the show for quite a while now. One of our good friends of the show, of this show, stole that show, been on numerous times, had one fucking hell of a year, dude. My superstar of 2022, respectfully, the first lady of prolific, Rosas Lala, winning the Mm. championship in that brutal fight against Vanity at Queen of the North, having that what best of series with uh, Isaiah Wolf, only to join Prolific as the first lady of Prolific and defending that BCW Women's Championship. Every show, uh, amazing, amazing year. Ruthless Lala has had. Props to her. And started out in twenty twenty three, getting a fucking railroaded. That match stolen from her, but great performance every match she puts on. I, I'm not mistaken. I think she has defended her BCW Women's Championship the most out of any champion, oh, women's champion in BCW, correct? I would say that is correct. I don't know what Faith Jackson did, but she, I think she, she definitely she definitely she, she definitely beat Vanity. I, I think she beat out Faye. Because I, I don't think I I don't think Faye had defended it outside of BCW. Ruthless Lala has defended true, yeah, it outside exactly. of BCW at least a couple times, right? Yeah. So, I mean, not only for the years she's had, but the year nonstop interviews with you, Coming on the show, big fan of the show. Much respect for her. Respectfully, <laughs> looking forward to her twenty twenty three. You know, I, was, I love Ruthless Lala, man. She's become a, a good friend of mine. Uh, she actually just hit me up the other day just to reach out to Steve and just see how it's doing, which was awesome. Like, who does that anymore? No. Um, you know, I, 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 I was this close to giving it to her, but I was like, you know, dude, like, I, I think people would think, you know, I'm being biased. Uh, so that, that that's why I started thinking outside the box a little bit more and giving it to Danny Mo. Yeah, which which probably could create some problems here <laughs> by me saying that. Uh, hopefully, Ruthless Lala doesn't give me that lariat, though. We know uh, what to do. I, I I know, man. I love Lala. Nothing but love for her. Not man. enough to pick and her. I, I think, Lala, I picked you. 
please stop giving me that evil eye every time I show after every show I see you at, please. Respectfully. <laughs> Hell of a champion, dude. Hey, you know, what? let's pull back the curtain a little bit here. Great locker room leader. Oh, absolutely. Like you know, like uh, going to any locker room, like you know, like she she just knows how to rally the troops, if you will. She commands that respect of the locker room. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are at, at at the card. Like, you know, everyone does pay her that respect and they listen to her. Uh, so, like, you know, it, it's been a better locker room for it. So oh. thank you to Ruthless Lala. And uh, she's the best. Love Ruthless Lala. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Cheers to Ruthless Lala. Cheers to Danny Mo. Both of them. And uh, cheers Both of them. to them. We'll see at of the North, January 29th. Tickets available now. Yes, more match announcements will be coming up. Ruthless Lala will be defending her BCW cha- uh, Women's Championship at Queen of North 4. Her opponent is going to be announced pr- very soon, so keep an eye out for that. Sticking with the Indies, how about the one to watch in 2023? I am going to say keep an eye out for Christina Marie. Ooh, good because, pick. I see you going that direction. Because, okay. because – she impressed the fuck out of me, man. Like, you know, I, I always knew she was a solid wrestler. Absolutely. I knew she was a solid worker. You know, she's, she, it's not like she's new. She's been around the block, you know, like, and I feel like this year, especially at the Grand Dragon tournament, different gear, different attitude, you know, that, like you said well, earlier before, that match with Darius Carter was like a coming out party for her. And I feel like she, she, Something snapped in her, and it, it, it's gone to a whole other level. Like we called her courageous; she's called the courageous one. She's tenacious, Ooh. and like you know, I was in the ring with her as a referee for her last match at BCW against Journey Blake. Great Thank job, Journey by the Blake. Way. Great job, buddy. <laughs> Don't be a dick. I'm not being. I'm, I'm I, being sincere. I'm, I'm being a dick. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I thought you were making a knock at me, man. That no, was the not. second time ever being a ref. <laughs> I told you. And I heard times. the match. I heard the match back, man. I, I heard you making your digs on commentary. So. Commentary, commentary got to get digs, but like personally, yeah, you did, you, for the okay. second commentary, uh, second referee match, you did a good job. Thank you, I appreciate that. But no, I was, I had a very good look at her. You know what she can do. Yes. When she turns, she when she turns that face on, man, she's a scary woman. She's a very scary woman. Like I, full transparency, I was out of position for her our big Samoan drop, one of her signature moves. Mm-hmm. I was a little late there for the count. Counted two, gave Journey Blake some time to kick out. I thought, oh, I noticed Christina Maria was going to rip my head off. I am six foot two. She is probably five foot three, maybe. And I was scared of her. So I'm scared <laughs> of her. So I don't blame you. So uh, I learned my lesson at that point. If I ever ref again, hopefully not. Hopefully but... so. You did a great job. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, big, big props to Japan for giving giving you that opportunity. But I, I I anticipate Christina Marie having a big year in 2023. She's made some appearances AEW Dark as well this past year. Uh, more than one. Uh, and you know what, dude? I I know she's doing her things different promotions. Uh, I anticipate big things for her in BCW and, and hopefully above and beyond. Every time. I've been commentary for BCW this year, several shows now. There's one highlight that always surprises me, a name I never re- recognized originally, but now he's become to the point where I look forward to this match. Not only because of Shane Fair's great introduction, props to Shane Fair. Oh, I know who you're going with. That's a good one. But Jay Bougie has won me over this year. 
I'm so excited about his future in 2023. I cannot see how he enters 2024 without gold around that waist, at least in BCW. Uh, Jay Bougie, just a, a scene stealer, show stealer. I'm excited Number about his 485 future. 485 in a PWA 500. And we found out here on Shadow Wrestling when we interviewed him, this is his first full year of wrestling. Yes. That's what we're going to He made a PWA 500, which, which is mind blowing. First year out, he's on the top 500. It's it's amazing. And that star is on bigger and brighter. And we have the privilege of seeing it at PCW. Great combination wrestling. He he talks to talk. Wait, listen. I, I know people get on him for like how he carries about his wings because he's facing this corner. He's got Shayla. He's got some dealings with AJ. Like it's smart. The, smart the, man. The, man, the man wins. Yeah, he wins. Does he not? Like, the win, not a win. Like you know, do, does anyone question how Roman Reigns wins with a bloodline? There, no, he wins. Pulling the curtain back <laughs> again. We're going to BCW's Welcome to the New Year, and all of a sudden we get a note like this match has been added. Well, okay, what match is this? Jay Bougie. I'm like, oh, damn. A match that wasn't originally on the card. Stole right. the show. Greatness ahead of 2023 for Jay Bougie. Face, Jayla. Looking forward to that. Amazing. Those are in the, yeah. in the awards. Congratulations to all that, the recipients. That, that, that's a great pick, my dude. Jay Bougie is a, is a good one. I like him. Yeah. Hard to argue that one. A returning category this year, a category Mark Schwann has introduced, I think two years now. I think it's the third year in a row. Promo of the year. Marcus, I think there's only one answer to this, but let me hear your answer. Is there one answer, is there one answer only? Because like I, I feel like there's, there's a few that suck out there to might mind. Be, I, I, there I, might be two. I, I wrote one out before, and then I thought of another. Oh, no, no, no. This one, this one beats that one out. Like, And how is this the only – I have seven shows. This is the only second, third time we're having this because promos is my favorite thing about wrestling. My favorite thing. There's nothing like a great promo. But here we are. And I got to give it to MJF, dude. And, and, and the one I'm talking about in particular okay, please. is the one he cut The one he cut a William Regal. Okay, good. Right? The, Very the, good. Okay. Talk, Props. Talking about that, that, that email, you know, pulling the – I guess it's the phrase of the show, pulling the curtain yes. back. When he pulled the curtain back a bit, you know, talking about, you know, his tryout at WWE and, and, and like, you know, the relations he had with William Regal. It, it, it was just such a, it was such a fucking good promo, dude. I was hey, 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 there's nothing else I could say about that. It's just like the art of storytelling at, at such a young age that MJF has mastered is unreal. You know, and, and William Regal, <laughs> I don't necessarily know if this was character or if this is real for me. He seemed like he was relishing the moment. Yeah. And, and, you know, he got his digs in there too. He, William Regal also had a shine in there, which is great yeah. to see because I, I love William Regal. Um, one of the greatest minds for the business. But MJF, dude, he, he he torched the mic with that uh, because he, it seemed like it came from a real place, whether it was true or not. Like it, it, it for it, it sold everyone. Yeah, that was a good job. I totally forgot about that one. I remember talking about it on the show who came, who had the who came out on top, MJF or William Regal. That was a good. One. I totally forgot about that one. Good job, good pick. Oh, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> My promo of the year. There's there's a lot of good promos. But clearly the one, there's only one promo I watched numerous times. There's only one promo I had to show other people. It was on SmackDown, October 28th. Uh, there was so much to like here. It gave birth to the word Uzi. Brought to you by the Bloodline, Sami Zayn. That, I mean, that promo where Roman Reigns demanded Jey Uso and Sami Zayn fix their problems. And Jey Uso was like, I don't give a damn what the Tribal Chief said. And just that camera shot of 
Roman is snapping his head up. What the fuck? And him starting talking. Him starting talking to Jay. And then all of a sudden, Sammy trying to be the cooler head. Calming situations. And he's he's just not feeling oozy. And just everybody breaking character. Roman Reigns laughing. Paul Heyman laughing. Jimmy and Jay laughing. Solo being stone cold. I don't know how the fuck he did it. <laughs> it was just... And then Roman Reigns adapting. See, Roman Reigns just... Not even thinking about it. Uh, I'm laughing. This is funny. The crowd's laughing. My boys are laughing. Let me adapt to this. And he just, that was his promo of the year for me. I mean, I, nothing compares to that. That was fucking fantastic. Wow, really? That was the promo of the year? Yeah. That, I mean, that's, again, we, we have to preface here. This is not necessarily what we're saying was the best promo of the year or the, the top promo. This is our. This, this is not scientific. Is it, this is not yeah. like uh, business. This is our uh, subjective point of view. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. If it was scientific, uh, we would have one answer for each, every category, but now we're giving our own personal answers. What's next, buddy? Acquisition of the year. So my acquisition of the year might surprise some people, but I have to give it to Soraya. Okay. Because because of the fact that, like, like I, I know her first match back with Britt Baker wasn't necessarily a five-star match. And, like, you know, if you're expecting a five-star match from Soraya after, you know, this huge injury time off the ring uh, that that's setting the bar very high. You're, you're, you're setting your expectations to fail. Uh, Soraya had a very good match in her first match back with Britt Baker. Uh, Soraya also admitted like, you know, the nerves that she had, because that was her first time when she, when she first came to AEW, that was her first time on a live mic in a while too, in front of all those fans. It was emotional. It was a lot, go- all nervous going there. And she did a solid job, but like the reason why I'm seeing Soraya, uh, for AEW is just because for a long time, and I think people would still call it today, she was one of the best female wrestlers in the world. And I, I'm very clear in using the word wrestler, not as a superstar. Although her experience in WWE as a superstar, as a top superstar, does help as well. And I think AEW Women's Division desperately needed that. You know, yes, they got Tony Storm from WWE who's been doing a hell of a job, but like, you know, like she doesn't have the quite the same experience that Saraya has, the same knowledge that Saraya has. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny because at one point Saraya was like the youngest person in the WWE locker room. Now she has the most expertise in the AEW locker room and she's still fairly young. So I, I think that's a huge get for AEW. Huge get, huge get. Great pick. Thank you. Your turn. <laughs> we were watching this on TV after the fact, because I was on a date that sucked. So I knew what happened, but I wanted to watch it in person. Uh, music hit, right? And I'm like, what the fuck? What? Much like the crowd. Like, what song is this? Paige comes out. Rumors were there for a while, but Saray is now in AEW, so I agree with you. I remember talking about it when it happened back in September, how last year at the putties I gave Daniel Bryan was the acquisition of the year for AEW. And we're talking on the show when it happened. I think this is bigger than Daniel Bryan's acquisition because it gives so much, so much credence, respect, uh, credibility to that floundering women's division who they're trying to rebuild. And they've done a great job of it, but I think Sheree only adds more to that. It hasn't had the impact that I thought it would yet, but it's definitely on pace to definitely put eyes on that product, which is the point. And uh, this conversation think, will be short I, because that was the acquisition of the year for me as well. I think what Sheree doesn't get enough credit for, and I feel like she never has, is psychology. That's and, and she she has Her ring psychology, I think, is, is very high. You know, I think the AEW women's talent, the, the talent level has been there, and it's shining more and more and more. But I think what's been lacking a little bit is ring psychology. And 
I, that that could be the missing piece right there. And if Saria could give some of that to some of these talents over there, like who have been killing it, like, it, 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 it could wind up being the best division. It could. Yeah. The AEW Women's Division is right on the right path to uh, do great things in 2023 because it's a raise involvement. Absolutely. So we agree on one. That's weird. I feel dirty. I yeah. Wow. Take, I need to take a shower. <laughs> but, like, you know, it, it, it's funny. I, I actually thought you were going to say Cody Rhodes, funny enough. To me, that wasn't an acquisition. That was a return. That's why I wanted to do return of the year. Mm, okay. So I felt like there's more answers right. for return of the year. But then no. that would be that would be hard. I guess exactly it would be harder because there's more we, return. We we, that, we wouldn't. I guess we wouldn't see necessarily. An, uh, I guess uh, in in your eyes, an acquisition from uh, for WWE from AEW until like MJF, MJF possibly. Yeah, Dar- uh, Darby Allen, Britt Baker, Jade Cargill, like, yeah. like an AEW original. I don't yeah, know, for me, I, mean, I would still view That's fair. I, I, I had a debate about this, but I always felt like in my gut that was a return home. Because he even called it, I'm returning home, that in acquisition. Sorry, it was never in AEW. I, I, I just feel like, I just, you know what, is, I, I guess I just view Cody Rhodes as such a different version of himself from when he was that's in WWE fair. that I, I would view it as an acquisition. That's fair. I don't blame you, you know? for that. I, that. That's why I debated it for a while. But like my gut was telling me, that's more of a return home. Let me just not do that. But it, but even that, with with that being said, and it's no disrespect to Cody, like I, I just think like you know Saria for what the women's division is just such a bigger get. That's my argument too. That's why I think that's a return to raise an acquisition because it helps that division so much more. I think Cody going to WWE does more for Cody than it does for WWE, whereas for Saria for AEW, it just it does more for the company. Before the show started, I told you there's one category I do not have an answer to, and that's this one. The one to watch in 2023. My favorite category, too. You're going to be surprised at this one. I think you're going to be very surprised at this one because she's in NXT. Okay. And you know how I feel about NXT. I do. This is surprising. Enough. Conversation over. Um, <laughs> I think I know the answer to this. Is it the champion? Her name is Cora Jade. Oh, okay. So this, this is my reason why. I think, especially since Cora turned heel, right? I feel like she's been knocking it out of the park. Absolutely. I think her character I think her character work is insane. So much better. I think the the the, the transformation and even like when she debuted in, in, in uh NXT, you know, she had a good look to her. She she could definitely work in the ring. You know, like she she got over as a baby face pretty well, but her heel work is just dramatically better. And not to say her face work is bad, but like it's just dramatically better. And she's owning it and her confidence level that's the thing. It's the confidence. Exactly. My next point. That she has to yeah. back it up. Like you can see it in the ring. You see it in her promos. You can, fuck. You can even see it in her social media. Like it, it just she just oozes. It. She's got you know, so called is a you know the je ne sais quoi. She's got it. She's got it more than Braun Breaker. She's got it more than I hate to say because I love Roxanne. She, I think she has it more than Roxanne. She's got it more than anybody in the NXT roster, and that's why I think Cora Jade's going to have a very big year in 2023. I wouldn't be surprised if she surpassed Roxanne. Doesn't even win the championship and goes to the main roster because, like, that's how well she's doing. What the first time she just she owns it. Yeah, a lot of people surpassed leapfrog the championship, go right to the main roster. She's definitely could be on that list. I don't think she needs this a championship for that. It, it's very. Uh, she's very. It reminds me a little bit of uh, AJ Lee, a little bit, and, and I loved AJ Lee. I thought she was phenomenal what she did, but like you know, Cora Jade, I, I feel like she does have the capability of possibly even surpassing her. Great fucking pick. 
Uh, I'm down to two picks, so I, I hate to go against my heart. My stomach, All that heart, buddy. But my stomach is telling me Grayson Waller. I almost had him. I almost had him. Um, but I feel like Cora Jade has more of that it factor than Grayson Waller, so that's why I chose uh, That's Cora. fair. I mean, hard argue. I can't argue that. Grayson Waller, starting off with that Johnny Gargano attacking him, uh, attacking Johnny Gargano, yeah. putting his name in the place, turning yep. that generic babyface Australian to this uber heel who gives me MJF vibes because he's living his heel character on mm-hmm. social media in real life. He's Grayson Waller. And I think he's somebody who does not need the NXT Championship. I think he can leapfrog into the main roster and just be that dick. The MJF is on AEW. That just, I'm the best. Fuck everybody else. I'm looking forward to what his career holds in 2023. Grayson Waller does have the capabilities of being one of the bigger heels in WWE if he goes to the main roster. Uh, there's like the, no doubt about that. The main roster is lacking that heel that he is. Right. I, I think that's what The Miz was. I think Grayson Wall is more athletic than The Miz. A, uh, in, in this time, not going to miss because I love The Miz. But uh, I, I think Grayson Waller, yeah. I mean, he's he's just got such a... The Miz can be likable. I, I, I think The Miz in this show d- doesn't help The Miz as a heel because, it's, because like, the he's Miz, just so likable. The Miz on character, <laughs> everyone hates. But the you know, Mike Mizan is a nice fucking guy. Right. And we all know that. But again, great reference to the, t- the, the TV show. Grayson Waller is just a fucking dick. Right. On right. social media, exactly. in person, at signings. he I didn't watch the video, but he fucking trashed some kid on social media. It's like, that's what I like, everyone likes about NJF. He lives his character. Grayson Waller, to me, is living his character as a fucking right. pure it- bona fide heel. It, it, it's old school heel stuff, man. It, it's like it, it's like talking Darius Carter. I mean, that's that's what he lives. Exactly. You know, yeah. it, it's it's just uh, it, it's a lost art. It really is, and and I appreciate that. Good pick, buddy. Thank you. Moment of the year. All right, so I'm doubling down here. I'm double dipping. Okay. And, and, and you can call me out for that if you want. I don't care. The reason why I'm going to say this, but it's Serena's return. Really? Yeah. For wow. moment of the year for me, like, I'm going to tell you this, man. Like, I, I know, I know the promo wasn't uh, necessarily a home run, and and and, and Soraya would admit that as we touched about before. But like, to see her come back, I was a huge Page fan, dude. Huge Page Bottom fan. Sport, yeah. I, it, it, it was devastating to see her injured, especially when she just. It seems like she just came back from injury. To see her, her career could be over at such a young age. To see her get that return, to see the ovation, and to see the emotion, man, like it was just so cool to see to her finally get that moment. It just because it bothered me, man. Because like at the same time, because WWE, I feel like they were wasting her. They kept her on that roster for so long, and you, you can't do anything with her. She could talk. She's a talker. She's a shit talker. Have her be a manager. Ever be a GM? She she rocked as GM. Like there were so many things that they could have done with her that they just didn't do for whatever reason. And just to see her and come back to AEW and get her get her shine and still get the same reaction and her using her real name uh, and putting res- <laughs> having people put respect in her name by having her uh, then pronounce it correctly too, which I dig. You know, it, it was just such a good feeling. I, I, I'm all about like you know those moments how they make you feel right. Yes, and for me that was just such a good feeling. So that that that's why Saraya's return. I'm double downing on that was Debut. my moment of the year. 
Uh, just return it. Yeah, yeah. Return to wrestling yeah, I, I, debut I, in AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're saying that's what I said it. But uh, yeah, good pick. Hard to argue that pick because that was such an iconic moment in the business. Talk about moments here. Mine. Watching this moment unfold, there's a lot of rumors going into it. We knew it was going to happen. It wasn't that big of a surprise. But knowing something and seeing something are two different stories. The return of Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, it was, I mean, huge. Yeah. I mean, that pop was, I mean, on TV was thundering. I was there when the Hardys returned. That pop was deafening. I can not only imagine what it was like in the AT&T Stadium when Cody Rhodes, even though we knew it was happening, we didn't know. Because even you, I think we could do before WrestleMania, were throwing out these theories. Like, it might not be him. It could be this, this or this person. It just, I thought it was going to be Undertaker. I remember that. Yeah, that was one of your theories. Yeah. But to see what made it for me was so iconic was the WrestleMania Titan Tron. Uh, the WrestleMania logo was the video wall, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So whatever was on the Titan Tron was on the logo. However, underneath, that was all underneath the WWE logo. That was, that was cement. To see the American Nightmare logo, the graphics, the music, underneath the WWE logo. After years of building up AEW, he's coming back to WWE. That was so iconic, a moment I'll never forget. Just to see the American Nightmare underneath the WWE banner. Well done. That was amazing and leading to that great fucking match. I have to say that was a very close call for me. I, I almost made that my pick. Uh, just because for everything you said, and then some uh, big Cody Rhodes fan love what he does. It, I think that return was so important in wrestling history, and I don't think we realize yet how important that return is. Uh, because you know th- their contracts yet they're they're not yet up in AEW. Uh, because I think a lot of people in AEW were looking at this very carefully, seeing like how are they going to handle Cody Rhodes? Exactly. WWE. Yeah. Talk about it many times. Yes, it was it was and, so so important. And I will give your boy Vince McMahon credit where credit deserves. Like that was under his tutelage. I was under his leadership, and he handled that properly uh, because that was what that was best for business at that point. And that needed to happen because it's not just about Cody Rhodes at this point. Like there's a lot of talent in AEW that could crush it in WWE when their contract expires. You know, and like if Vince flopped that, he's missing out on some big money. With MJF, with Jade Cargill, Darby Allen, you know, like the list goes on. Britt Baker, you know, like they're all watching. That's what we're talking about when it happened. Like this is so important because you know AW locker room is watching. Why would MJF come over to WWE if he's just going to be a a, a mid card guy or a twenty four seven guy or a scripted guy? Right. This is so. Right. There's so much pressure on this because not only Cody was coming home, but it was an AEW founder coming back and he wasn't giving yeah. the Cody Rhodes gimmick he wasn't giving the dashing <laughs> Cody Rhodes gimmick he was giving the American Nightmare I think I talked about you and a green man the fact that um Jim Rome I'm not, not Jim Rome I forgot his first name but Rome the announcer for Monday Night Raw basically sold it like Justin Roberts did this is the first AEW guy coming back coming into WWE he's laying the blueprint and so far it has to give AEW guys something to think about 2024 is going to be very interesting, not just politically, but the in bidding the wrestling war? world. The bidding war? The bidding war? Bidding wars? It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be absolutely fascinating because like, it, 
Yeah, especially the, like they knocked that apart with Cody. Oh, they did. Fantastic. Yeah. So like, Tony, Tony Khan, you got to pay up. You got to pay up. You want to keep the talent there? You got to pay up. But let, let's see who's got the bigger wallet. Like uh, like like Tony was claiming before, he's got a bigger wallet than Vince. Let's see it. Next up, Marcus is rivalry of the year. All right. So um, this might surprise you a little bit because I think you know I'm not a fan of this guy, right? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon rivalry? No, 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 no. Edge Japan? <laughs> no, no, but that will be rivalry of the year. Um, no, th- th- this year it- it's Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. I'm not a big Matt Riddle fan at all, okay. but this rivalry got personal. This rivalry brought something out of Matt Riddle that we have never seen before. And honestly, yes. we haven't seen since. It- they-, they had banger matches, man. They, they definitely did. Seth Rollins is just. That promo on Monday Night Raw when they were going off the when they're going to commercial break, <laughs> the shit that they said to each other, man, it just felt. It brought me back to the Attitude Era. It brought me back to the Attitude. Like it kind of reminded me of the Bret Hart Shawn Michaels, like those digs that they had each other. It seemed yeah. real. It came from like a real place, and you love it. Like you can't help but like. I, I remember I, I was I was in the process about to do something else. And I just stopped. Like oh, did Seth Rollins just say that? Oh, did Matt? Did Matt real? Oh. Oh, okay. I'm in. I'm interested in this. Like, I thought it was going to be a nothing segment at first, but dude, yeah. drew me to right in, and their matches again. It, it backed it up the, the promo. So, I have to give it to them, man. Props to the production. The fact that they had that raw interview segment with Seth Rollins and um, Matt Riddle. Yeah, it was kind of a nothing segment. It was kind of boring in a traditional separate segment. And when they came back from commercial. Like, oh, by the way, when we cut the commercial, this happened. And that was the viral moment, probably one of the most viral moments of the year. How's your, how's your kids? How's your wife? That was great. Good, 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 good fucking pick, it's dude. Like, it's like, did he just fucking yeah. say that? Like, did he go there? Great. Yeah, good, good pick. And Matt Riddle's reaction was just so genuine. Like, he, he seemed like he was shot. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck well did done. you say? Did you say this? Yeah. Right, right. Like, dude. It's crazy because I thought that was going to be like the breakout point for Matt Riddle. You know, I, I thought like, all right, we're going to see something in him going forward. It was sort but of. I feel like leading to that. Yeah, I feel like the moment that rivalry ended, like that was kind of it with Matt Riddle. Mm. I, I feel like, like we, yeah, we, we 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 saw that fire kind of like die down, which kind of was frustrating me. I, I feel like that's. I don't know if that's creative. I don't know if that's Matt Riddle, but like. Dude, honestly, like, there's in my eyes, there's no other rivalry of the year. Like this, this, there was no, there was nothing that got that deep and personal, other than that. Except for another rivalry that, in my opinion, I guess you might disagree with me, got kind of fucking personal. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. Okay, their promos back okay. and forth, held in the cell with Cody Rhodes coming out dressed as the dusty uh, polka dots, black and yellow. Right, Mind games right, right. starting right off the bat. Their promos back and forth. Those three matches back and forth. With Cody sweeping all three. You don't see that too often these days. It was just one of my favorite most rivalries that kind of sucked me in. Like, oh, what happened? what's happening next? And I think the second year in a row for me. I think last year I picked Seth Rollins and Edge. So Seth Rollins is just killing it, dude. On top of his game. Yeah. I mean... I mean, there's not much more you can say about that. I mean, like, no. that, that was just a fantastic rivalry. Great matches. All of them were just 
fantastic matches. You talk about two men that are just so you talk about psychological, right? They're psychologically gifted in this business. Not only that, but like those two men had great chemistry. Chemistry is insane, absolutely insane. Not only the promos, in ring wise, you tell these two guys were meant to wrestle each other. What's that line the Joker says? Oh, we're destined to do this forever. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think didn't one of them even mention that they were the Joker to that Batman? It was just this rivalry is great, which leads us to the next category: match of the year, Hell in a Cell. It's just one of those matches that will be remembered for years to come. Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, talking about moments of the year. It was when Cody Rhodes took that fucking jacket off. Mm. That that the leak of his torn pectoral muscle. But when he took the fucking jacket off, you see the fucking legitimacy of that. It ain't a storyline. That ain't fucking makeup. That is a legit injury that this man is fucking sucking it up to come out 20-something, 30-minute match in hell in the fucking cell. Props to Cody Rhodes for not only doing that. Props to Cody Rhodes for protecting him and doing what he did best. That match was a match I'll never forget. It was just fucking amazing. I had to rewatch it. It was just... Which Amazing. is why, buddy, that's my match of the year. <laughs> Again, it's hard. I, I, what I, else comes close to that? Jesus. I, I, I feel like, like before you even announced the match of the year, I feel like that was just such a perfect segue too. because you, what you just said well, it was everything that I was going to say for match of the year for Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins because of the fact that, like, yeah, I mean, I almost said WrestleMania as match of the year uh, because it was just like the chemistry they had right off the bat was insane. And it was a fucking great match. It stole, I think it stole the show at WrestleMania. But this match at Hell in Cell, for what you talked about, it, just the fact that Cody Rhodes was clearly, clearly injured all caps. Yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't just a minor injury. You, you, you see that? It wasn't makeup. That was a real deal. Like, his peck was, was completely torn. The fans, the, the hush of silence, just because of just, like, how disgusting that looked. Yeah. And how is, how is this guy going to go? Yes. I, I Initially, I think we all thought, man, okay, this is going to be like a 5-10 minute match. Like, no, as you said before, this was this was a legit main event match. So, they they, minutes, they yeah. went all the way. Yeah. And Cody Rhodes finally hitting the pedigree. Yes. Like, it, it was just... Um, and I found it weird it, it, that they announced that Cody Rhodes had a pectoral muscle injury, like, mm-hmm. early on in that day. And then they kept talking about it. I'm like, all right, so I guess he, is he not wrestling? Like, you can't wrestle right. with a torn pack. And he fucking wrestled. I'm like, what is going on here? It wasn't a gentleman. He, like, Seth Rollins, like, targeted it, the, yeah. the, the peck as well. It's not like they completely stayed yeah, away. He but, had like, to. Yes, I, he had to. He had to. Right? It, oh, was, it was like a, it was a legit target. Like, you know, like, like ring uh, wrestling-wise, like, it wouldn't make sense for him not to target it. Like, it, I mean, it would obviously give away that's fake <laughs> if he's yeah. not targeting it. You watch wrestling for a while, and you watch wrestling matches, and you see somebody hit a move, whether it be a knee or like a punch or a finisher move, and you're like, oof, ouch. It could be the knee slap. It could be the way it landed. Like, there's always that oof. I was like, oof, the entire fucking 30 minutes, because you know <laughs> that was fucking hitting him. Ouch, dude. Probably- especially especially the way, the way it was, like that injury. It's yeah. just like the way how wrestling works, like, Virtually anything that Cody was doing was affecting it. Yeah. And Cody Rhodes, could he, someone was saying Cody Rhodes could have easily said, oh, I can't do it tonight. 
Yeah. But he goes to show, like, Cook, yeah. he's not, he's not an executive. He's not a pretty boy. Like, the dude is a tough son of a bitch. And as you mentioned before, props to Seth Rollins for, for protecting him. And kudos to the referee as well yeah. for making sure, like, you know, th- these guys were safe. It's not like he was in a match with, like, a, a dangerous person. He was in a match with Cody Rhodes, someone he trusted, someone who's known of being a great worker, if you don't ask Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah. Bret Hart will tell you, oh, no, no, he's going to injure him. It was just <laughs> one of his career. great match, great performance by both men. It was just, I don't know any other match I can think of. Maybe Gunther and Sheamus, which is another popular pick. Match of the year, dude, hands down. Absolutely. Great segue into match of the year. So then we got what? We have Superstar of the Year now, right? Final category, Superstar of the Year. All right, so it's funny. I'm looking at my notes right now, right? And and I have a name written down here. I have a very obvious name Obviously, written down okay. here. And it would be hard to debate this until we started talking throughout the podcast. We were just talking and I and I and I feel like damn the notes. I feel like I I I have to speak my truth here because I I feel like throughout the show we've made an argument for this person on why they should be superstar of the year. I'm going to tell you what I've written down, and I'm going to give you my real answer. I have written down here Roman Reigns. Okay. Need I say need I need I say more? No, but right. I think I have to give a my real true answer here. Seth Rollins. Yeah, hard to argue that. I, I mean, like just. The rivalries and the matches he's had. I guess his his loss record, his win loss record is not good. No, right throughout the year. But if there's any man that can surpass that, that 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 can rise above a win loss record, it's Seth Rollins. I mean, he started off the year against Roman Reigns, right? And the way it, that that rivalry, just in general, how it, how it came to be, and just brought everything back. He came out dressed as the Shield, playing the mind game. So you have that famous meme where he's just like Roman's in his face, just kind of like he's laughing to the camera, kind of breaking the fourth wall. The the music that he does, like the the, the moxie is it that he has, the promo work, the rivalries, the rivalries, the matches. How he puts people over, man, countless times. Like, he, he just makes magic out there. Every single week, he creates magic. How do I not say Seth Rollins? How do I not say Seth Rollins? Because, like I just said, he showed up every single week. Roman Reigns, our tribal chief, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, has not showed up every single week and yes while roman reigns is on a record-setting pace here in the modern era i i get you just gotta you gotta look at the two right here and seth rollins been showing up every single time and and hitting a home run every single time like i gotta give it to seth i think was it kenny omega who won pwi wrestler of the year over roman reigns and one of the things i picked was because yeah roman reigns isn't there every week so i would pick roman reigns I see how they picked Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega at the time was there every week. On this list, going in the first quarter of the year, I I had my answer. And like as the year went on, I had another answer. I wanted to pick Sami Zayn because Sami Zayn right. might not have a great resume, but he was the talk of the fucking business. And then I, as the year went on, I wanted to pick Manny Rose because Manny Rose, Superstar of the Year, had a fucking amazing fucking year. Her matches, her storylines, her promos, she's a fucking well-deserving of this category. 
But then as the year came to an end, I had to go back to my original pick. I mean, you look at all the matches this guy had. Seth Rollins, dude. <laughs> really? Seth Rollins. He began the year at the Royal Rumble, like you said, not only with a banger of the match and a win over Roman via DQ, but he came out as the fucking shield. And his next legitimate storyline was against Seth Rollins, and he came out as Dusty Rhodes. The mind games. The what grit. do you mean? What did I say? You said Seth Rollins versus Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. Seth Rollins against Cody Rhodes and the drip, the attitude. This man fucking lost three matches in a row and did not suffer any fucking damage. It's hard to argue anybody else who can suffer three significant defeats in a row. And let's not forget the same person and not suffer. Going into WrestleMania, going to WrestleMania, he was losing quite a bit. He was like losing, he lost his spot at WrestleMania. He had a fight for his like, Vince McMahon had to a, give him a mystery opponent. He had his big Vince McMahon in his office. Right. There is no other answer to this category with Seth Rollins. He had a fucking phenomenal year. Was he in the top 10 for the PWI 500 even or no? That, I don't know, fan. If you want to look it up, let me know. It's going to be too much to look up right now. But anywho, like I am I, surprised two of our answers here are the same thing. Um, I'm not. I thought, that, oh, I thought most of the answers would be online because I thought most of these answers were very predictable. Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes dominated this year, and I again I tried my hardest to not pick them, but you have to hard not to pick them, right? And and like seriously, I I literally do have written down here Roman Reigns because even though like he hasn't shown up every week, I mean like he he still backs it up every single time he comes on. I mean he's had, he's had hell of matches. And dude, honestly, I looking at these awards, and I know I gave some love to AEW in the beginning. At first, a lot of things that were popping in my mind initially right away from these awards were WWE, and I feel like I had to give some love to AEW here. And it's not because I, not to say like I kind of forced my hand to AEW in some case to show some love, but like you know, initially I have to say a lot of a lot of thoughts from WWE. I, I have to say if we were going to do a promotion of the year. I would have to give that to WWE because they just did yeah. such a phenomenal job this year. Great job this year, and it only amped in July when Triple H took over. It, they did a great job. One of my superstars of the year on my short list, somebody who's not getting enough love, not enough respect, but Josh Alexander on Impact has been killing it every match he does. I think he, somebody I wanted to give my match a superstar of the year award to, but Seth fucking Rollins is just. <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah, you, you had no, you had nothing for Impact this year. No, Impact had a great year. It just wasn't like I think last year they had a better year. But Josh Alexander, dude, his rivalries, his matches, his hour-long match against Speedball Mike Bailey, one match of the year on the Impact Awards. He won Superstar of the Year, Male Superstar of the Year. I I wanted to give him some love, but I just could not, in my heart, not give it to Seth Rollins. Right. No, and. It, it, Again, I mean, like, it just goes to show the type of uh, wrestler that Seth Rollins yeah. is. I'm not saying superstar wrestler. But, yeah, I mean, looking at this, I, I think it just goes to show the powers WWE had this year. Because I feel like our our awards are more diversified. Usually, usually there would be an impact. Usually, sometimes an indie person might sneak up in there. Mm-hmm. AEW seems to be sometimes a little bit more prevalent. But, like... I, I feel like it just the testament to I hate to go back full circle here to when uh you know, especially when Triple H uh Stephanie McMahon took over, along with Nikon, can't forget him. Like okay. it, it was just such a spark, if you will. 
Yeah, it was great. Uh, it, it's just breath of fresh air to the business. Yeah, no, it, it was exactly what WWE needed, and hopefully they don't lose that. But yeah, that concludes our awards this year. Long show, marks long night. Uh, any go on thoughts for you, my friend? Time for bed. Yes, that's that's, that's my go on thought. <laughs> Do you hope when you wake up in the morning on Saturday, January seventh, we'll have a speaker of the house? Did he not get the one at ten o'clock? I have not heard yet, but it's just he lost again. When it looked like it was actually very promising for him to get it, he lost again. Before the show started, though, I think it was this afternoon, it was the first time he got more votes than Hakeem Jeffries, so we're on the right path. It's just how long is this going to take? Oh, wait. Wait, did he win? Did he do it again? Hold on. I, it, it's, it's all over the place. Apparently, Kevin McCarthy did confront Matt Gates, and it got contentious. He won. He got it. He got it. He, he finally got it. Got it. I just turned we have the speaker of the house. Seems to have it. The voting's not done yet, but in the 15th ballot is one. So we got a government. Congratulations. 2023 can Wait, officially start. They're, they're, they're voting right now? Yeah. But there's it's been midnight. But there's been no others, no other candidate, no present votes. So it seems like everyone's voting his way. But this will be old news to you by the time you listen to this show. So so th- does this mean Matt Gates is going to resign? M- Matt Gates said that. Uh, well, you know, old, old, old news. Mark, uh, where can people find you on social medias? You can find me on my website, yourfavoriteactor.com. All my social media links are on there, including episodes of Shot of Wrestling. You can find that on there. And clips of our work as well. And what about the ghost that lives with you? Oh, yeah. We, we never addressed that, did we? So I, uh, I edited so- the show. We recorded the show live on Friday nights. I edited it, post it on Sundays. As I was editing it a couple weeks ago, our last show, I heard some strange noises in the background. I sent it to Mark Schwann. Mark Schwann says, uh, yeah, it's a ghost. I've been living in my apartment for 10 years, been podcasting for 10 years, which means I have a hot mic, live mics on my apartment for 10 years. Never heard anything out of the ordinary. You, in your new place, for a couple months, heard something out of the ordinary. Can you play it? Or I, no? I can play it. Let's play it right now. I don't know. But at the enduring icon, <laughs> look up, I knew Brad- look him up. Look him up. Let us know. Did you hear that? Play it again. Listen closely. <laughs> Look I knew. Not my voice. Not Mark Schwann's voice. No third microphone set up. Right. <sighs> and uh, when I saw the video back here on there as well, and there's a little orb that comes behind me right before that voice speaks. So, uh, I it, full transparency, I live in Terrytown, New York, one of the most haunted places in the world, apparently. So, I have a ghost. Sounds like a he. Sounds like uh, he might be a part of the show going forward. So if you ca- if you if you uh, if you listen to the show, if you want to catch a clip of a ghost, send it our way. <laughs> Good luck to you, my friend. Can we get ghost hunters out here, please? That's still a thing. Uh, I think so. I hope so. I love that show. Do you believe in go- do you do you believe in ghosts? Yeah. I mean, no. Before this, I g- yes. Before this, yes. I, for a long time, I didn't uh, until I had experience when I was like what eighteen, nineteen years old. Uh, that's when I started believing and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm doubling down now. I mean, like I, I have a ghost here in my living space. I'm on mute here, but the house is erupted in applause. We have a new speaker of the house, Kevin McCarthy. Congratulations. Kevin McCarthy. All right. All right. Never give up. Never surrender. Never give up your dreams. Chase your dreams. Kevin McCarthy is proof of that. Hope he inspires to inspire. 
when they say no and they look in your eye, you yeah. say you're fucking crazy. It'll never happen. Just to keep, keep on going. 14 more times, <laughs> never give up. When people call you the biggest loser in America history, just keep on going. We were way over time, way long show, but it is our year in the work show, first of the year. But I dated a girl in 2020, uh, 2002. We had a Ouija board at her house. Her, her sister, my friend, another friend of ours asked what my wife's name was going to be, and it's Rachel. So if you're Rachel listening to the show by any chance, hit me up at my putty. Just uh, let's get this over with. Mark Swan, misery. Where can people find on social medias? You already asked that. <laughs> Lost in this fucking Kevin McCarthy fucking hearing. I'm hearing. <laughs> oh my god! So for Mark Schwann and Nevaeh Chantel, Queen of the North, January 29th. I've been your host at Macho Buddy. Until next time, buddy out. Hey baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. <laughs> but I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>